So, <coughs> hello everyone, <coughs> dear friends on the path. <coughs> so, with being, as we've been sharing the teachings and instructions uh, to practice with the hindrances. We have also said that is, you know, that the practice is simple, that there are no mistakes, that continuity is key. And then to come back, you know, to return to this moment, practicing coming back to your senses by coming back home. to the breath, to the body. And seeing how it is, how, how it feels to be at home. Getting to know all the spots, all the physical sensations, some. But then there's something that happens that maybe we have not mentioned and is as simple as forgetting to come back, forgetting to return, to return to this present moment. It may sound easy to say, yes, sure, come back, remember and come back, but sometimes we don't remember this morning, I, as I was leaving uh, from one of the, the, from the practice discussions, I had no idea what I left my hat. So where I had no memory, no memory at all of where I placed that hat. It was, I, I found it humorous, you know, it just reminds me, oh, okay. Like coming back to returning here. Or my glasses, where are those glasses? You know, very glad that there are glasses now here next to the board. And still, it's an incentive for me to practice, to remember, you know, make it, finding a way to practice that I will remember to come back. But this thing about forgetting, you know, <coughs> it may happen sometimes because there are strong forces. There are strong forces um, in the mind visit on us. And I could see how there was one of these forces that we call the hindrances visiting visiting this dear mind this morning, I wanted to get to a place. There was this drive to, I want to get somewhere. And I completely forgot other things that were happening. You know, I, I went into the mind, into the, I went into the tower. You know, I was here, 
present, more like aligned, kind of at the same, you know, within the field of experience. And out of the blue, I went to other place. So I want to talk to you about this force of or hindrance of uh, sensual desire. And, you know, in some ways I was like, wow, I think that this is a time that I'm going to have an hour to speak, to share with you, to talk with you about sensual desire, desire, many aspects of my life. I don't think I have talked that long about desire with anyone. <laughs> like, you know, explore it in this way. It's like, wow. So this is kind of a treat and also an exploration of how it is to, you know, to just relate, relate to desire, sensual desire, daily life, desire as a hindrance or not a hindrance. It's like, wow, this is interesting. Um, and so, you know, when I started practicing, I will hear, I will listen to all these things about Desire in Buddhism and not being attached, not being attached to something I wanted. Um, and so at some point I was like, wow, maybe it's not a good thing to have a desire. And then as I was you know, engaging more into the practice, I realized that it was not so much, you know, this maybe reputation or maybe misunderstanding, I said in that way now, that it's not that desire is, you know, an aspect of life and that is supported in Buddhism, in this practice, In fact, there is this way of supporting us, ourselves in some ways, of practicing. You know, we've been encouraging you to trust, to receive what is showing up and see what, you know, what is this hindrances, you know, like any, any other object of meditation. So it is okay, it is okay, there is a desire that our practice do encourage us to cultivate, to act upon, and is the healthy, skillful desire that leads us to liberation, to freedom. And so, as we practice with the hindrances and with desire, we get to know, we get to, we, we learn to distinguish how it is that a healthy or skillful desire manifests 
into action through body, speech, and mind. And how it is that sometimes we may choose to see, to, to, we may choose not to pursue a desire because it doesn't lead to liberation, it doesn't lead to freedom. And so all these different desires, you know, they manifest in one way or another. You know, we may be daydreaming, planning, normal experience, you know, daydreaming, planning. Um, we may uh, also justify some, some of our desires, you know, justify them because, well, I love this. I love black raspberry chocolate chip ice cream. I haven't had had it. It's a treat in a long time, and I'm just going to go and have it, it's, you know. Or, um, you know, I may fantasize about a vacation, or I may fantasize about, you know, s achieving some goals, that I have, and I all these, you know, there, there may be, there's, I just can't imagine not having some of these desires through goals or, you know, in different situations in our lives. I love to go back home and in Puerto Rico and one of, of my homes and uh, have my mother's food. I just love that. Um, so, but then to drive an hour and a half here <laughs> to a place to get something, you know, because I really have to have it, then it just becomes something else. There is a tension. There is a tension in the body that tells me, wow, I, let me see what, there's, this, this is a little bit more of a simple desire. And so we do learn through our practice to also see that difference of what is a simple desire and what is sensual desire as a hindrance. And the tradition uses the word kamachanda, the, the Pali word is kamachanda, kama meaning desire and chanda meaning sense pleasure, sensual passion or sexual lust. And I'm just gonna share with you how I have gotten in, in all these different ranges of experience. So, you know, it's kind of a, it is defined as a compulsive preoccupation with sensual pleasure and comfort. Compulsive preoccupation with sensual pleasure and comfort. And so this may happen here. While you're comfortable, enjoying your meditation, you know, and um, some of these things may show up. 
And then we learn to, through what Gil talked about, Bella, um, to practice, to practice with sensual desire. Um, and we practice also to let go. And I love, I love this way of, you know, this let go that I have learned also here through the teachings I have learned here, of letting go of that. It is so, it's that tension of, you know, that compulsion or that clinging that is so strong, I get so exhausted. Even, even though I think, well, it's a desire, you know, it's a good desire, it's a good desire. <laughs> I must have this, you know. But to let go of, you know, that compulsion or that, you know, that wanting and then just look at the desire for what it is. So... This part of choosing not to pursue, not to pursue unskillful desire is part of, of, of the practice and is part of Bella too. So now let's go to the nitty gritty of the practice and how, you know, how has it felt? How has it been, you know, some um, examples. Some of the things, you know, that, let's start, let's start with sexual lust that has happened in different moments you know, before practice, while practice in life. And especially, you know, sometimes in moments where there have not, you know, there's have been other things going on that maybe I have not wanting to face. Maybe loneliness or, you know, not being aware of what is underneath the desire of maybe being in relationship. And then there are moments, you know, that I can see, well, there's a skillful, there's this skillful desire to be in relationship. There's a skillful desire of being sexual in a way that does not harm others, that does not harm myself within a container of, you know, safety and respect and integrity. Here we, we held, you know, the precept in other ways, you know, like really looking at sexual misconduct. Um, and so there may be situations that, for example, for me, there have been moments in retreats. I remember one time just coming 
into retreat, sitting retreat. And after the first day you've been settled, the image of this woman just kept showing up over and over again. Someone that I have not met, but someone showed me, I want you to meet this person. <laughs> that was enough. That was enough. And so there was this, this aspect of these show, you know, these, these thoughts of, of what is, you know, oh, maybe they're, you know, all this fantasizing. There, it is, oh my gosh, this is, this is the relationship. I don't know this person, but this may be the relationship. You know, or, well, I don't know, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know, you know, what, you know, how we were relayed. I don't know if, you know, what, is this person a Buddhist or not, or, um, and so I could feel, you know, I remember the physical sensations. It was such a burning. It was such a fire. But a burning that it was like really getting uncomfortable. And there was, I would go to the breath and I will stay with the breath and I will continue, you know, breathing through it, breathing through it. Breathing through it, meaning keeping breathing as these images will come up. And wow, did it stay there? I was like burning in desire, desire in sexual lust, all these different fantasies, like for two or three days. And I could see, you know, that in walking, it would, you know, it will be, oh, okay. It's, it's maybe I just go walking because it was better. But there was no, you know, investigation. There was not exploration. There was not desire to let it go, let it go, until I was exhausted, until physically I was exhausted. And at that point, I decided, you know, this is not going away. I want it, but it's not going away neither. It's not the right time. I'm meditating. I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. And I'm not going to pay attention to it as much as I can, like really applying more effort. And so sometimes, you know, it disappeared. Other times it did not. But these things happen, you know, this thing of a physical, biological, emotional de needs getting entangled, getting entangled with a wanting, you know, that sometimes it's just very hard if we don't get to know these moments of how it is that, you know, we get there, the dangers, when they're absent, when they're present, why is important? Why does it matter? Why it fits us? What is fueling it? You know, it's hard. It's hard to let go. 
So there is also this aspect of compulsive pleasure, uh, compulsive preoccupation for, com for comfort. So, you know, there's different things. There's, there's this part of me, I just love warm weather. And, you know, I may attribute that and justify it by all the conditioning where, you know, background and all these different stories that maybe are not true, you know. Um, and so this sense of comfort of always, always, you know, fixing, fixing the mind into feeling warm comfort for me may mean being warm. And for a long time, you know, I was like, well, I don't, I, you know, I really want to cut my hair. It's simple. Now there are other things going on in my life. It's just, and I will take my time in trying to, oh, I don't, you know, it's going to be cold. And I can tell you for how long I waited because I had these, really almost obsession of staying warm in every possible way I could, you know, no matter where would I go. And so, you know, there was this, this also aspect of problem solving or figuring out when, how, and, and so there was also then this compulsion of or unskillful also desire mentally, you know, going through my thoughts and trying to solve it, fix it, different hair, you know, this, you know, different, different ways into fix my hair here and there. So mentally, all these different, you know, pleasures, you know, a pleasure of getting a solution could be also part of that compulsion. Um, so in practicing, in practicing with, with Bela, then it becomes a little bit more clear. It becomes, there's more of a, there's more of an understanding of, or a clarity that comes in practicing, you know, how to practice with sensual desire in a way that maybe brings more insight, understanding, clarity. And so in being, you know, these are these, these letter of being, just being, being with whatever is showing up. There is this sense of receiving these you know, receiving whatever, w what is showing up, what is arising, what, and, and then just being with it. Being with it without any conflict, with, you know, being in favor or against, but just, just being, just getting to know it, like receiving a visitor, and just even invited, 
inv inviting this visitor to have tea. What is this? Just being with it, being with it in how does it feel physically, how, how it is that this feels. If there's any tension, if there's any contraction, if there's any, you know, heart rate acceleration with this sensual desire. Um, also within this examining or this exploration of what, what is this? What is underneath? What is the motivation? Um, Gill mentioned that there is a, a metaphor for sensual desire. Um, it's almost like looking, you know, we, we try to, you, to, to look at ourselves in a pond and that there's, you know, kind of a dying pond that really is kind of distorted what we're seeing. It's almost like wearing glasses, sunglasses or something like that. We see things through those filters. And so through the mind, it's almost like for me, just I just imagine that there's like kind of a die of, you know, this hindrance that is masking or is covering what is there. And for me, sometimes has been one, which is one of the reasons why it was like, wow, it's kind of funny I'm talking about desire. Is... You know, it's not like it has been in, you know, um, in my life, it has not been like something that has driven me, you know, more, you know, accomplishing, you know, meeting desires. But it has been more what is underneath, what is the motivation of acquiring something? of that desire? Would it be, um, is it really something that I wanted, you know, like it was a, something to eat, something for comfort, or, you know, kind of, you know, uh, an emotional satisfaction, uh, something that will meet, you know, just a simple wanting, or, or it is something that I feel there's a lack, that there's a lack or that I'm missing something. And it has been hard sometimes to meet, to explore those things because there may be some things that I have wanted in this life and, and I know I may not, they may not happen or they did not happen. It's like, like wanting people to be different <laughs> or <laughs> wanting, you know, my loved ones to see things the way I want or, and there's a sense of, you know, that tension of I want, I want this, I want this, I want this. It's almost every time that arises, it's almost like going 
farther and farther and farther from this present moment. Farther and farther and farther from this body. Disconnected. Disconnected from people around me, people I just appreciate. Or even within myself, what it is that is is here. So there, that is all that part of examination, of exploring what is, you know, wanting things to be this way with a strong desire. Maybe other hindrances there, but these are just wanting things to stay the way they are. So, for example... There are other hindrances that dear friends, dear friends that have visited to this mind in on retreat. And there have been moments, you know, in meditation that there's that clarity and that peace and calm and, and wow, do I want to stay there. <laughs> there's something like, oh, Okay, I let go. I did let go of, you know, all these other sensual desires, but there, then there may be other meditative pleasures that may become at some point maybe a limitation to continue the path. Maybe there have been sometimes, you know, it's like, no, oh, gosh, I really like it. And then I can see this very subtle tension, very subtle tension. But it's, you know, it's there of, oh, I really want it. I really want this. I really want this. So just seeing how does it feel in the body? It tells me that tension from that compulsive tension from that wanting. It tells me there's something here. This is this is a this is a hindrance visiting. This is sensual de uh, desire, desire in another way visiting. Um, so motivations, motivations, you know, maybe for, oh, I don't want, I, I, I don't want to, you know, be in with anxiety again, or just not, not facing other things. So it's almost like replacing one hindrance for another. <laughs> Because, you know, wanting, you know, this, this comfort in some ways. And so then there is a, after exploring, after exploring um, the lessening, the lessening of this sensual desire. And this lessening is almost like noticing also how it is that that uh, tension 
goes away or decreases, it's almost like seeing this hindrance disappearing. Um, and so there are different approaches that, you know, we can, we can practice with um, in seeing, in exploring, in, um, to lessen sensual desire in a beneficial way, in a skillful way. And this is with the understanding and the clarity with the understanding and the clarity that we do want to let go, that we want to stop pursuing um, sensual desire as a, you know, hindrance. So, you know, one way to do this is by applying a little bit more effort, you know, out of okay, I really, let's see how this goes. And not in a forceful way, but in a wise way. Seeing we understand the consequences, you know, we see how the impact, you know, it may be an addiction. It may be a not even completely an addiction, but maybe, you know, some even with lesser force, but something that really we see the impact. And so we apply a little bit more effort in staying, go, coming back to, it, to the breath and not, you know, engaging into that sensual desire. there could be moments in which we, instead of seeing and exploring, you know, what is this, you know, what, okay, sensual desire, what is this? We may want to explore what is, what is the subjective feeling of it? What, what is the subjective experience of it? What is underneath? What is here for us? That, 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 that there's that subjectivity that tells us, oh my gosh, what, what's going on here? And maybe we can see, you know, we have more clarity and compassion. For me, it was a sense of, has been a sense of acknowledging, um, loneliness, acknowledging fear of um, losing loved ones, wanting loved ones to be here forever, this desire of security and, you know, motivation of, you know, security and safety. So seeing what is underneath Even at some point, I don't want to grow up. I do want my parents. 
You know, it's just like going, you know, going through this line of being an adult and still be facing what life brings us. But I still want, you know, those things. Seeing my parents when I go home. And then there is this clarity of, oh, okay. So there is all this, what is underneath. It's part of life. You know, it's this old age. Illness. Old age. Aging. Death. All these different things that we face in one way or another at some point in our lives. <coughs> and so there's also sometimes that if the desire also is very strong and we have seen underneath and, and then there's still this, you know, really strong hindrance attack then there's also the facing, really looking at this experience, facing it. I see you here. I see you fully, fully. I see you through physical feeling, sensing the felt experience of what it is, what it is to relate to you, what it, what it is, how I, how, how I feel when I'm facing, you know, this desire. It reminds me of one of the uh, ancient tellings when the Buddha was sitting and committed, okay, I'm just going to sit and see if, you know, I awake and then this personification of you know the mara showed up in all these different ways all these different pleasures and temptations and and he said that the buddha said i see you mara i see you by seeing it and that Mara in that moment disappeared. And there have been moments for me that when I see those desires that are not simple desires, I, okay, Kamachanda is here. It's like, I see you. I see you. Let me get to know you well. Let me see. Let me explore. Let me just be okay. Be here. Just let's see what is this desire floating freely. Have the space with all the respect. The space, you know, like be here. Have some tea. Get to know it well. 
seeing what are the thoughts, how it is that I relate to it. See if there's any justification. This is how it is. This is, this is true for me. I want this. This is what I want. Oh, that relationship too, not only the desire. But in seeing the desire and seeing it clearly, there may be like a movement also for the mind to then turn to itself, which is sometimes what has happened for me, that once I see it, then there's like almost like a movement that then, wow, I see the flavor here. I see how it is that this mind is relating to it. It has, it really hasn't let go. And it may take some time to let go of it, but just to know, just to know what it is that we are being under the influence, seeing how it is that we relate to it. And so there's applying effort, looking at the subjective experience. There's facing, looking at, really looking at it. And then there is also a moment, in, you know, just the let, the let go, the just letting go, which is you may notice when you notice that the hindrance is not present. It's like, oh, it's not here. That fantasy of that person. Oh, I just remember this person. There's no sexual loss there. There's the thought just passed by. It's just, it's just a thought. Or with something like, for example, here, I remember a dear, one of the volunteers, Greg, will come with Nancy, his partner, to some of the retreats here to cook, and Greg will make a great chai. I just loved, I just loved that chai, and I, you know, would look forward to next year for the retreat to get that chai. And there were moments that I could feel the stress of, I really want that chai. <laughs> you know, going into, you know, the kitchen and then like, okay, where's chai? And then, then you know, if there's chai left and, you know, can I keep something for tomorrow? And, and after some years, you know, of looking into that desire, and even not, but just being aware, just being aware, chai became just chai. <laughs> it was just chai. It was nice. It was like, oh my gosh, it's not here. Just chai. Very nice, pleasant. Um, so 
There is also another way of approaching this and, you know, in noticing this absence of the hindrance is the appreciating, appreciating those moments of well-being. How, how does it feel, those when the hindrance is not present? And it is a fruit of the practice that I just feel so much gratitude about. Because appreciating, appreciating those moments is what cultivates and continues supporting the trust and faith in the practice for me. In the hard moments, it's like no matter what, you know. So this, you know, this when sometimes, you know, I say, you know, I mentioned to you, yeah, appreciate. Appreciate those moments you came back, you remembered. It's okay. It's those moments count. Even though if they're teeny tiny small. They will support us when things become really hard with the hindrances. That's okay. I trust there's, there's a practice here. I trust I stay here. There's a confidence here. So appreciating these moments of well-being is another approach. Appreciating that freedom, that space of enjoying. Enjoying something that brings contentment, that brings well-being. And so with that, then, there's another quality that I want to mention that emerges also from practicing, practicing with sensual desire. And it's something I was not expecting, you know, is actually that sometimes have, you know, have arises and, and now I'm like, oh, and it's generosity, is this quality of generosity because in some ways especially you know in our livelihoods however we live when there is a skillful way to meet respectfully sensual desire there may be another way that we're making space to be generous to ourselves and to others is almost like an offering that comes from us, through us, toward others in sharing well-being, in sharing what is beneficial for myself, what is beneficial for others, and what is beneficial for all. A sense that, oh, I don't have to be so compulsive about this desire. There may be other ways, 
there may be other ways in which I can cultivate being here, present. It's because it's not happening with the hindrance when, you know, there's no, there's no acknowledgement of, of it, not being here in the present moment. So, Bella, sensual desire, before, you know, being open to receive it and like any other experience, it may be like just having the mind all dyed with all these different colors you can choose, <laughs> all these different filters. But, you know, they, they can be, it can become a friend. It can teach us a lot. It can teach us a lot. If we relate to it respectfully, if we can shift from, let me just keep how things are or resist, you know, resisting, wanting, 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 leaning forward. Um, it can teach us many things. So may your um, skillful desires and commitment and devotion and compassion and struggles, uh, support you and be a motivation for practicing, practicing to, to be, to overcome, to let go. Um, hindrances, any, any, in any way that also will, you know, will also acknowledge that, you know, they're also part of this life. They're here. They're also companions. We just need to, you know, give them their space and see how it is that we can get to know them at, while at the same time maintaining our mindfulness, not, not letting these strong forces drying up our mindfulness. So let's see it for a few minutes. <laughs> 